Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I am Frank Mills, and we have another great show for you today. Of course, Armin and I always plan a good one for you, but Armin um, has some information about how he approaches back training for optimal results. So we'll be talking about that, and also how to improve less muscle cramping through nutrition and supplements. And I'm sure all of you will be interested in that as well. So that being said, let's get started. Armin, how's it going today, man? It's going good, Frank. Got my workout in. Uh, just working on everything else I need to get done and looking forward to the show today. It's going to be good. Uh, me too. Me too. I'm uh, I'm fasting. I got my beef liver going today. So things are going good, feeling good. And I uh, was ready to do the show. So let's get into how Armin Eckelbarger approaches back training and gets those optimal results. Uh, what do we need to know, Armin, when it comes to training your back? Okay, so I've been training for you know close to 40 years, and there's just a, um, you know, a lot of different approaches that people take, and I've mm -hmm. experimented with those. So when you... When you look at the back muscles and you, the biggest problem most people have is understanding how to feel the back muscles contract, especially when you're doing lat work. And then, you know, you also do row work, which mm -hmm. you know makes thicker thickness of the back. So there's two things involved. You want to make the back width wider. So you have that width, which makes your waistline look, waistline look smaller uh, and you know, make your upper body look bigger compared to the waistline. And then you also want to have some decent thickness to it so that, um, you know, it looks good from the backside, especially if you're at the beach or whatever. Okay. So those are some things I ran across um, um, when it comes to deciding, okay, how am I going to approach getting the width and how am I going to approach getting the thickness the way I'd like to get it uh, in, in my time? <clears throat> okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So. I, I, I guess one thing, Armin, I was a little curious about, you know, from where you started and you did your back training, and I know you've done a lot of work over the, gosh, over 40 years of experience that you have, but how has your back training changed over the years? It's changed a lot. Um, you know, and the way I say that is because, you know, I was reading Arnold's Encyclopedia of a Bodybuilder and I was you know, just reading all the different muscle magazines. And so mm -hmm. that's where I started. And the problem with that is they're all pretty advanced. And so you think you got to do all these sets and reps and all this, all these different movements. And, you know, you don't have to, but you don't know that. And so it was a hard journey for me because I, I was trying to follow what all these other people are doing. And instead of looking at understanding the basics and the principles of you know how to feel the back muscles actually working and then to to make sure i'm doing enough work to get the result i was looking for so you know when you when you look at it you have all kinds of approaches where you you got to train so many exercises for the lats and so many exercises mm -hmm. 
for the middle, the, the thickness of the back, and then exercises for the lower part of the back. And then, you know, with compliments, all that supposedly it would be dead deadlifts, which is supposed to hit, you know, all the back is the things that I was learning. And at the end of the day, um, you, you have to learn how to use combinations that make sense. And I was also combining my back training with other muscle groups. And so that also has an effect um, because you can only do so much work and have the, the mental capacity to focus on the muscles you know, in the beginning. So whatever happens at the end doesn't get the same effect. So mm-hmm. that was another issue is too much work, uh, too much volume for what my energy reserves could actually handle. Wow. Okay. Well, let's say for somebody who's a beginner or maybe someone who hasn't done extensive back work, what should they know? Well, let me just say one other thing is um, oh, sure. when, it, when it came to training my back, another thing I had to deal with was the gyms I trained in just they didn't have that much equipment it was kind of minimal so that was another effect though in the beginning that uh was a challenge because you only had you had barbell bent over rows you had some kind of right. a pull-up rack uh, and you had dumbbells uh, there wasn't a lot of cable machines at the time so you know having a cable row was it was kind of a special thing to have mm-hmm. um so you you make shift your t-bar row so that was also something that has changed over the years because now you have a lot of different choices and they're, they're really effective, which is really good news for people who are, you know, re-looking at what they're doing with their back training. Mm-hmm. All right. So then the next one was, um, uh, you know, talking about the beginner. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even somebody who has done some workouts, but didn't realize that they were working out their back correctly, maybe. Well, when it comes to working out the back correctly, that's another, that's another, uh, uh, I guess, broad statement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to get the width, you've got to do pull-ups and pull-downs and things like that, which help to spread out the lats. But rows okay. can also help with that if you're contracting the right way. So okay. when you first start out training, you have to focus on feeling those muscles contract because... In the beginning, your biceps are typically fairly weak mm-hmm. compared to moving moving the weight with your with your back. So you got to strengthen up the biceps before you can even start to feel it in your back. So that's another right. thing I don't think people understand. So it's it's a gradual process. So when you're just getting started, you want to focus on squeezing as much as you can uh, with your back contracting and, and get that done. So a slower mm-hmm. rep cadence would be something I would be a big proponent of because you're going to fatigue the muscles fairly quickly anyways, but you're, you're getting that mind muscle link. You're getting the brain to mm-hmm. feel that muscle actually work. And that's, what's going to get you much better results because your central nervous system is a critical component to, to everything you're going to do when it comes to your strength, it comes to your training. Well, when you're doing this workout, you know, and, and you've talked about a couple of different things here, but a lot of people wonder how much time you should spend. And so when it comes to a back workout, is there a specific amount of time that you would recommend? Okay, so that is another uh, big question for people based on if they're combining their back training with another muscle group. And we'll be touching oh. on that a little bit too. So. Okay. Setting that aside, if I'm just training my back by itself, mm-hmm. where I'm at today, 
is I do about 40 to 45 minutes of pretty intense work. So that's a decent amount of volume. Now, the mm -hmm. reason I'm doing that for myself today and for specific reasons is because I'm trying to activate a lot of different muscles and I'm trying different things because I'm always experimenting. So I'm doing that on top of doing the work. So I'm trying this exercise, see how it compares to this exercise. I'm trying to do uh, you know, pre-exhaust work and things that I think will stimulate the muscle to, to, to adapt quicker. So mm -hmm. for me, it's about 40 to 45 minutes of doing different combinations of uh, movements. Okay. Okay. Now, that being said, for the time frame, do you prefer a certain maybe rep scheme and tempo for these exercises? Now, yes. Back in the day, it was just move that weight no matter what. You move <laughs> it, you heave it, you, you do all these things, and something will happen. That's how mm -hmm. it was back in the day. Okay. And that doesn't work very well. You, you'll get some results, but you're not going to get a lot of results. Just like mm -hmm. with CrossFit, they do kipping, and then they consider that to be a pull-up, and it's it's not. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're just swinging around. You're not really working the muscles. You're swinging. So I don't still to this day understand that. But when it came for me as far as rep schemes, you know, I did high rep, I did low rep, and things like that. So I really feel like with rep schemes over the years, is eight to 12 is a really good solid rep scheme i think for back the biggest reason is you got a lot of muscles back there that you're trying to stimulate and if you do too too few reps i don't think mm -hmm. you're gonna get enough blood flow in to hit those muscles as you would like and it's just my personal opinion and you know we right. get into the science and strategy and all that but i think people are looking for simple answers i've just had really good results with eight to twelve really focusing on squeezing the weight so the mm -hmm. tempo I like is a four count negative, okay. uh, one to two count uh, stretch, you know, let the muscles kind of stretch out and then a, a one count positive to kind of do some explosive work to, you know, to, to pull it back, to pull the weight in. And then a two to six count, depending on, on what I'm doing as a contraction hold. So like if you're doing a, a pull up and you come down, when you come down, you're going to do a four count coming down. You're going to do a one to two count stretch at the bottom with those shoulder blades kind of pull out. One count coming up. So you're using your power to pull up and then you're going to hold it and you feel, try to feel that muscle contract and engage it. Now, I'm just going to get your biceps too. But to me, that got much better results. And to this day, I highly recommend that to anybody on back training is do it slower controlled. You still want some explosiveness with the, the positive part of it. That's not, not a big deal. You need to pull the weight to you, but then hold and squeeze, then lower the weight under control to make those muscles work that negative and then get that stretch to bottom, you know, one or two mm -hmm. and right back up. So rep scheme eight to 12 tempo would be like four, two, one, two, or, you know, four, one, one, three or six, those different combinations. You just want to experiment with it to see how, how it works because they're not all going to be perfect, but mm -hmm. again, you're going to feel it and you'll find that sweet spot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you did mention other muscle groups. Sometimes people do train two different groups together. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing to train other muscles with your back? Well, here's the thing is I, uh, again, I was doing Arnold's encyclopedia of a bodybuilder. I did a lot of his stuff and he always trained chest and back hmm. either that okay. day or he split, he split them up and he did the chest in the morning, back and evening, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was kind of following that and that's, that's a push pull. So you're, you know, you're, you're pushing and pulling at the same time. 
And it was kind of cool doing supersets like that. And I did that for, I mean, a long time. The bottom line is it just wasn't that effective for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then I did the, you know, Mike Mincer's heavy duty where you do back and biceps. And I did that for quite a long time. The thing is, is I just felt like my biceps, by the time I got to them, there wasn't much in them. And so my strength really wasn't there. So I didn't really like doing that either. So mm-hmm. as time has evolved, I started, you know, watching what other guys are doing. I just found more of the, the, the professionals, uh, even though they may be on, you know, on other gear, so to speak, they're training their back by themselves. And I just felt like that was probably the best thing I could have ever done to get my back to really start feeling it and, and pushing myself to a whole nother level. So for me, I prefer just to train it my back by itself, just because it's a very large group of muscles and it's tough to, to get everything that, you know, to stimulate as much as you'd like. Well, that being said, Armin, do you want to go in a little bit more detail about the approach that you take now in training your back? So that's another thing that I kind of learned over the years is, you know, fundamentally you do something for latch, you do something for rows, and then you mm-hmm. maybe do a deadlift or, uh, you know, some rack pull or something like that. Right. So you had to decide, okay, what moves I going to do for that? But you do those every workout. Mm-hmm. So whatever you start with, again, like I've mentioned before, with any kind of training, that gets the most stimulation. So as I was doing this over the years, I decided, well, you know, my back thickness wasn't what I felt where it needed to be. And so I decided to do the muscle priority principle and start with doing, you know, each workout would not always be the same. So my focus on one workout would just be working on back thickness. So that meant I would be starting out with row movements first, really hit them hard. And then I would finish up with some lat movements. That way I'm still hitting all the areas I want to hit. And then the next time I train my back, it would be working on my lats, my width, and then I'd finish with row movements. And I just found that I got better strength over time doing it that way, where I could see more progression. So, because again, whatever you do in the beginning, you're fresh, you got good energy, you'll be able to move heavier weight. And so I felt mm-hmm. to me, anybody that has been training back for a while and they're getting a little stale, that is probably the best change if they could do. You know, one week you focus on the, on the road movements and then you finish with the lats. The next week you start with the lat movements and you finish with the road movements. And you can mix that up with all kinds of combinations of exercises. That brings up intensity. Um, how, how do you approach your intensity? <clears throat> okay, so another thing with back training is it's kind of a higher volume type of a muscle group. So to me, I like doing supersets, trisets, and giant sets and drop sets. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you're you're picking out some exercises that are organized in a certain fashion to really stimulate the muscles. So I like to do pre-exhaust work. So when I do a superset, I would like to do, you know, pullover, dumbbell pullovers or a pullover machine. And then I go right to pull-ups or lat pull-downs and just do different grip, grip positions. Mm-hmm. And you do several sets of that and you know, you're going to be feeling it. You're going to be feeling the fatigue. But if I do a tri set, then I would mix it up with, uh, you know, again, if my focus was working my, my uh, thicker part of my back, then mm-hmm. I would start with like T bar rows or bent rows and then go to pull-ups and then stretch them out with the pullovers as another example. Or you can also okay. do rope pull downs where you're stretching, where you're, you know, what's similar to a pullover movement. So, 
there's all kinds of combinations of how you combine these exercises, but that's what you have to decide on is, you know, how you're going to approach that. So if you're struggling with your pull-ups, then I would definitely be doing that first and then followed up with the pullover as a superset to get used to it, but then switch it back. We do the pullover and then go to pull-ups and you'd be surprised how your strength will improve with that kind of a strategy. And when you're doing the tri-sets and the giant mm -hmm. sets, that really challenges you because you're pushing yourself with each movement to get as many as you can and you go with no rest to the next exercise. And so you have to change those combinations up, obviously, because you're of the fatigue level. But that's mm -hmm. a good thing because you're stimulating a lot of muscle fiber. So my favorite thing to do for back is giant sets. So I'm going to do four different exercises with no rest. And, and you know, I basically combine a lap movement with a row movement and then the isolation movement. Uh, and then the other movement would be could, could be a compound movement. So, for example, if I'm really trying to focus on my uh, thickness of my back, mm -hmm. I'll start out with a T-bar row or a bent over row. And then I'll go to pull-ups. And after that, I'll go to or pull-downs. And then I'll go to pull-overs to stretch. And then I go to deadlifts or rack pulls. And that's pretty intense because you've already fatigued everything. So when you do a deadlift and a rack pull, now you've got to use everything that's already tired to move that weight. And I found that to be very effective. Interesting. All right. So how do you think, uh, well, you know what? One thing I want to get back to is you're talking about the intensity and all these things. Uh, I was kind of curious, how often do you train your back? Is it every week or is it twice a week? I mean, how much do you do this? Well, I've, I've done them all. I've done two times a week. I've done three times <laughs> a week, you know, all that kind of thing. At this point in time mm -hmm. for me, because uh, if you annihilate your back, which is what I try to do every workout, right. then I need about I need about five to six, five to six days of recovery time because I'll be gotcha. feeling it. So I typically train my back once a week. You know, you gotcha. can always do it more often. But again, as long as you're getting stronger and you're feeling it the right way you want to feel it then you could do it more often. But for me, once a week has been working really well. <clears throat> and how do you think it's working for you with you actually so, training your back once a week? So here's what I've learned is like when I was, uh, since I've been competing, you mm -hmm. know, when you're posing, that's what shows all your weaknesses. So you have to, and I'm looking at my back and I was like, man, that needs to be a lot better. Cause I looked at other guys' backs and, you know, they had good, they had really good thickness and good shape to them. So mm -hmm. that's what I had to do is figure out, okay, how am I going to train my back to look as good as the other guys? Uh, because I, right. I lagged on that for a long time. You know, I was training it, but not with the right intensity, not with the right focus. So now uh, I feel pretty good about my back when I'm, I'm come going against anybody. Uh, and then I'm still working to improve it, but uh, it's, it's worked well for the short period of time that I've made these changes. So I'm, I'm pretty mm -hmm. positive on it. So you've talked about a lot of different things. Is there anything else that uh, you want to finish up with? Okay. So just to close out, you know, when it comes to your back training, get creative, focus on the tempo, focus on feeling the exercises and, and working on the form. Form is critical. You want good form um, and make sure you're keeping it so you get good recovery. And if you're getting weaker, then you need to cut it back a little bit on the volume or get more rest time. So keep those things in mind and then keep evaluating, like, you know, track everything you're doing, write down how much weight you use, how many reps you got, your tempo, and then just follow it up. So the next time you do that workout, 
you can mm -hmm. see how you're matching up because you, you need the feedback to decide is this working or not working and i've had to do all that so that would be the other thing just tracking everything Armin, a lot of great information for anybody who is uh not worked their back before or looking to step up their back training man a, like i said a lot of great information and i'm sure everybody appreciates it no problem it's awesome okay all right all right well arm and i will take a quick break you are watching listening to the nsp nutrition show uh we do appreciate that and don't forget to check out nspnutrition.com for any supplements you may need or any holiday gifts uh we got in some new uh, apparel some vince's gym shirts tank tops even hoodies so check it out and uh, like i said arm and i will be right back NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And let's uh, get right into how to improve or how, let's say, how to improve and get less muscle cramping through nutrition right. and supplementation. Um, you know, anybody who's had a cramp, a Charlie horse, you know, older guys will call it. it it's yeah. painful. It can be really painful. Uh, I, oh, I can't yeah. think of anybody who hasn't gotten a muscle cramp uh, or that type of thing from time to time. So, Armin, where do we start with this? Well, let's just talk about uh, the typical cause. Now, they're not totally, I guess, fixed on what the actual cause is in a real technical mm -hmm. sense. But what they've decided is you're going to get cramps from overuse of the muscles. You can get it from dehydration. Yeah, muscle strain or just simply holding in a position of, of prolonged contraction where you're right. just they're holding that muscle and that's going to cause a cramp uh again they don't really know all the working parts you know it is electrolyte balance to to some of it but um yeah, the bottom line is they're harmless but mm -hmm. they can really suck when you're dealing with them so now there is a medical condition though that um can affect it and that's um an adequate blood supply can you know, can also be another reason why you're getting cramps. So if mm. you're somebody who gets cramps all the time, then you may want to get that checked out a little further, just for a side note. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people, when they get cramps, they'll notice it when they're doing something that they're not used to be doing. Like if you're yeah. in the pool and you're treading water and you're not used to doing it, you'll definitely get a, some kind of a cramp pretty quickly uh, along yeah. with other things. But um what about foods are, are 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 there any foods that you intake that can maybe cause muscle cramps well what they're what they're saying science wise is you know any kind of refined carbs that are basically devoid of nutrients aren't helping um, because mm -hmm. you need the minerals like magnesium potassium and sodium all to interact the right way so that you know you the muscles can do their thing so that's okay. the refined refined carbs is a disaster uh now they do feel like if you're eating red meat that's high in nitrates that can have an effect 
Okay. So that's going to be like, you know, beef that's uh, sliced up um, like in a deli, things like that. Those, oh, those will okay. have nitrates, nitrates in them. So you, that's why I don't eat deli meat. It's just, it's just loaded with that nitrate and nitrate stuff. It's not really beneficial. Okay. Uh, no one's fast food because it has all the yeah. trans fat and no fast so, food. <laughs> and there's, there's nothing in there. There's nothing good for you. Right. Uh, and then refined sugars like, like muffins and, and things that have artificial ingredients. Uh, they just feel like that's going to do it. And then obviously the salty food, because the sodium can be so high that it, it doesn't clear the way it should from your, your electrolytes and that can cause cramping too. So those, mm -hmm. those food sources are something you just really want to avoid if you're an athlete or if you're training heavy, you got to watch out for that. It's not going to help you, especially if you're training heavy, because I've had cramps happen with that and mm -hmm. that's never good. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. So we talked about the bad stuff. What are some foods that are good or can help you reduce having muscle cramps? So if you, if you are having some cramping, then nutrition wise, I highly recommend eating avocados. Now avocados have a lot of good minerals in them. Uh, they're a very good food source. They're also people think bananas are the, are a great thing because they have potassium in them, but an avocado has 10 times the amount of potassium that a banana has. So, if you need to increase your potassium level naturally, then I'll definitely do an avocado. Uh, but the thing is, it's more than just potassium. Magnesium is also critical for reducing cramping. We're going to get more into detail of that. But food-wise, mm -hmm. avocados are great. Uh, watermelon, because then, you know, watermelon has a lot of good minerals in it, and then it also keeps you hydrated. So, you know, hydration is another element. Coconut water is good. Uh, you know, sweet potatoes and then Greek yogurt. Bone broth has good, you know, good amount of magnesium in it. Mm. Papaya, green beans, uh, or beet greens. I'm sorry. Then uh, spinach, um, and then nuts. You know, almonds and cashews are high in magnesium, which is good for you. And I love eating nuts. And then pumpkin seeds. So those are just a, a quick, quick list of quality foods that, if you're having cramping, you want to incorporate those into your diet, unless you're going to take supplementation, which we'll be talking about. Well, now I know why I don't get cramps because. Half the things on the list here, I, I eat, I, you know, I eat a, at least one avocado a day. So, uh, good stuff there. Okay. All right. So you mentioned dehydration earlier. Um, does water help? Obviously I do think it does, but does water help with muscle cramps? Absolutely. And it can reduce the likelihood of it, of it happening. Anytime you get dehydrated, that's what's going to happen. You're going to be mm -hmm. you know, susceptible to get cramps because, you need fluid to move the minerals in and out of the cells the right way so the, the uh, muscle can contract and relax the way it needs to. So what happens is it can contract but not relax, and then that's when it starts to knot up. You get a charley horse or you're just like screaming until the right until it changes. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's not fun, man. Uh, I've been through them. It's like, ah, oh, I mean, they hurt. So I, I can feel for guys that are dealing with it. Well, with this being the NSP Nutrition Show, I got to ask you what supplements would help with muscle cramps. <laughs> All right. So let me just touch on potassium because that's one that uh, I used to think was the way to go. Uh -huh. And it's, and it's, it's not. So if you're going to keep supplement with potassium on a regular basis to help subside your muscle cramps, I'm going to caution you not to do that. It's not good for your heart. Also, when you take potassium, you have to eat it with, you have to take it with food. Otherwise you're going to get a, ab workout you didn't anticipate because it, it'll really notch you up and you could even throw wow. up so wow. on extreme okay. pitch. but 
it's just going to knot up your stomach if you don't have to take it with food. So that's another thing that's kind of a problem because hmm. I used to do the, do the potassium thing, but, and it does work. The thing is, is it's not good for you long-term. So you, I don't recommend that to anybody based on what I know now. Now, on top of that though, the, another supplement that, which is really good is magnesium and magnesium orotate to me is one of the best, uh, ways you can go to help eliminate muscle cramps because you don't have to take it with food. It works right away. And I use this for all my clients. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like clockwork and it can clear it up. And I use it for myself, obviously too, because right, you're training right. heavy, you're training hard, you're not always going to eat perfect or you're going to get a little dehydrated. So if I start feeling any cramping going on and I take that until it clears out, typically it's 500 milligrams to a thousand milligrams of, of that. And then I'm usually good. And I don't need to be taking it because the cramps go away. So, and the cramps right there, it doesn't make sense to keep taking it every day. But NSP does have that magnesium orotate. It's a great product. Highly recommend that if you're dealing with cramping on a regular basis. Interesting. You know, you go, there's just a lot of information that you offered, a lot of good information. You know, what's funny is the other day I was watching tennis and a lot of the tennis mm -hmm. pros have bananas like right there in their bag. So when they take their little breaks, they're eating bananas and drinking water, trying to stay hydrated. And I guess not to cramp. I guess that's why they eat the bananas. But uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. You said avocado is 10 times better. I guess the bananas yeah. may be a little easier to eat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but, personally, they're, they're, not get, they're not getting what they think they're getting with right. that. So, you know, bananas have potassium in them. But uh, I think they're maybe just doing it for energy because it, it will give mm -hmm. you some energy. But... Yeah, ah, if they just took true. some magnesium, they wouldn't even have to be dealing with that. But maybe I I would think they'd probably use it more for quick energy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wouldn't recommend that either for that kind of event. I'd use a drink would be yeah. what I would use. But yeah, hey, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you talked, like I said, a, a lot about a lot of different things. Uh, is, is there anything else that you would like to offer to wrap up? Yeah, to minimize cramping, just to recap, you know, drink as much water. You got to stay hydrated. That helps a lot. Helps clear things out. Uh, you know, eat the foods that are rich in magnesium and mm -hmm. also potassium. That's not a bad thing. You know, potassium naturally coming from foods is good. I just don't recommend you supplementing with potassium because of the things it can do. Um, and then, you know, when the cramping occurs, have some magnesium orotate around, and then just you can take that with water, and then bam, it'll clear up. Uh, mm -hmm. And I had to learn all this um, from competing because when you're competing in a show and you start getting cramping, you need a quick fix. And mm -hmm. I just found that that worked really well for me. So I don't worry about cramping in a show. Plus, I've also learned how to prepare the right way so that I can minimize cramping. Because cramping mm -hmm. is something that does happen when you're training for a show, when you're getting on the stage because you're managing your water. You're trying to stay really lean and dry so that all the muscles flare up. And so I just found that that's a great, great solution and easy to, easy to use. Awesome. Awesome information, Armin, a lot of great content and another great show. Thanks so much. Uh, no problem. And, um, you know, looking forward to the next one again next week. And if you guys can throw out some, some ideas of things that you're, you're dealing with and need some help with, or you feel like you want to learn more about, let us know, cause that's what we're here for and, uh, help make things better for you. Absolutely. If you have any questions or any comments, you know, you're able to contact us, um, you know, in a lot of different ways. You can 
either comment on the YouTube channel or you can email uh, over at support at nspnutrition.com and -hmm. it'll get that information to us. You know, Armin, a lot of the content that you use for the show several times is from either a comment or input from our audience. So we do appreciate it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. Absolutely. Um, just, Just to let everybody know, too, we always talk about NSP Nutrition. A lot of the information for the show now is on the website. If you mm-hmm. he- head to nspnutrition.com, you'll see the NSP Nutrition show now has its own page. All the ways you can listen to the show. We're still working on the Apple on the Apple iTunes podcast. Uh, hopefully any day now that will be up, but it's available just about everywhere else as well as on YouTube. And if you scroll down there, if you really like Armin and I show, uh, we we have another podcast that we started out with a couple of years ago, Frank Mills Reality Fitness, and all the links yeah. are on that page as well. So we appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, Armin, looking forward to doing a, another show with you next week. Same here. It's going to be awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening and watching. And we'll be back next week with another NSP Nutrition Show. See you. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.